Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You can play defense. Burks, no. Oh, look out! Look out! Donovan Mitchell. That's the highlight of the year in the NBA. A dunk. Donovan Mitchell. That is the highlight of the year in the NBA. Wow. This crowd is roaring. Then he follows it up with a triple. I think that young man has a future in this league. He's arrived. Got this crowd going crazy. That hey, let me tell you something. I'm still thinking about that dunk yeah, that he just so had. Everybody else, tip dunks are the easiest because you don't have to carry the ball up with you. He goes up, up, and bam! That was nice. There's a lot more punks in the West four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that looked like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah Jazz podcast, brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. Alright, welcome back to the SLC Punks Podcast. This is James Hansen, Hansen James on Twitter. And this is Milo. And we have another week down for the NBA and it finally happened last night. Donovan Mitchell exploded through that slump he was having, had his biggest night of the season. I was ecstatic. I was watching that dunk replay, Milo, and I was on my feet because I was getting nervous. And he dunked the ball, and it literally brought me to my knees. And then he they steal the ball, and he buries a three. It was It was a moment of pure jazz ecstasy that I – honestly, I'm excited. I hadn't We're seen, gonna be watching. It, that Donovan was Mitchell some insane now. highlights. That was an insane highlight. I, I, that was exactly what Jazz fans needed because the offenses looked so horrendous for the past six games. Even when they did win, it wasn't like wow, this is like high flying. So it was so nice to see some athletic move, um, out out there because Rudy Gobert has no no space in the paint to do anything. He barely has enough space to move his elbows out because they've got. It basically got him held up. So it was just nice to see that. It was nice to see that huge dunk over Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma, who are basically like flat-footed staring. <laughs> if you like, watch that replay, you can see uh, Brandon Ingram makes one of those, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. And who was who was on the bench? I, I think there was an old friend of, uh, is it Clark? Is it Clark who was on the bench for the Lakers who's like, Gives like the oh, but like smiling face, and he gets up. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, quite the reaction, and the the lake. It was so big that it rattled the Lakers, and that's why they got the turnover literally right after it happens. Like, oh, oh, I think we're dead, and then they, and then Mitchell buries the three, yeah. and it kind of ended the game. And b- the reason it was so nice to see is because we've all been rooting for Donovan. We all know that Donovan can hit those shots. We saw it in summer league. We saw it in preseason. 
I mean, they sh- if we all forget, remember they shut down Donovan Mitchell because he had like a 40-something point game. He was just too good. And so that's why it's been frustrating because we've been watching him. And we know he can make those shots. We know he can score. He just hasn't been doing it. So it was just fantastic to see Donovan kind of figure things out a little bit, calm down. Uh, we talked about this on the postgame show a lot. That I ca- Like if you watch all the shots that he was missing, he was missing it in the exact same spot every time. It was that back iron. And it was just missing it by just mm-hmm. a little bit. And it reminded me, we talked about, it reminded me of rifle shooting a little bit. Like when you go rifle shooting at a target, and you miss the target, but all of your it's called all your groupings are in one little spot. It means your scope just needs to be adjusted, and that's kind of what it was with with uh, Donovan. He just needs to calm down, and he did it. So obviously, Donovan Mitchell's going to score twenty five points a game right now, right? Yeah, God, you're is so that, you're so is Utah. That what I should expect? You're so Utah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's like rival shooting. Yeah, it's just like rival shooting, going out there uh, shooting them rabbits and. Uh... Just a scope and 25 points scope, game, got, right? 20, 25 minutes later, you got 30 rabbits. That's all it's to go. <laughs> and we'll get Kevin Love for Alec Burks, right? Trade Kevin Love, <laughs> Kevin Love for Alec Burks. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I will agree, though. Like, he was just – it just seemed like he – he, he was just off on, on, on his range there. Once he got that corrected, it really felt like the lid opened up. And the Jazz really needed it. All it started to look like the the offense, the terrible offense that had been plaguing them all week long, was about to rear its ugly head again, and was rearing its ugly head in that in that third quarter. So much so that twice in that game, once in um, earlier in the game, and then at um, in closing time, Quinn Snyder pulled Ricky Rubio. Didn't go to Howell Neto, and I don't think Howell Neto played in that game. I don't think I don't, no, he I, didn't. I, don't I think, think he got to I think, the, to the I think Quinn's once. going. Uh, I think Quinn's going. Donovan backup point guard. Yeah, I think. I, I think he's doing it because it's offense. I, I I just don't think what's happening with Howell Neto is the same thing as happening with Ricky Rubio. People are leaving them on the perimeter and be like, "Cool, you can shoot it all day long. We're just going to s- sit in here and and chill with Ru- Rudy Gobert and Derek Favors." Well, and also, if you consider defensively, I, I think one of the biggest things that I notice when Howell Neto's in is, remember when we're playing the Clippers and, you know, Ray Felton is, is Ray the Buffet was kind of just destroying Howell Neto for a couple plays and Quinn had to immediately get him out of the game and puts Donovan in because honestly, last night he broke through offensively, but his plus minus has been actually really good, which is a sign that he's been playing great defense. And we have seen him. I mean, we've watched him play some of the best defenders of the league and not just hold his own, but play well. And I mean, he was a big reason we won in OKC. He was a big reason we won in Denver when he was guarding Gary Harris and things like that. So, uh, I, I honestly, I think we have a really, really special player. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And, and I think that'll be the big, Big interesting thing this year too is with Ricky Rubio and and Donovan Mitchell and Howell Neto figuring out who plays point guard, when do they play point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, last last night was really interesting because I think you maybe you just mentioned it, but uh, Donovan Mitchell played point guard to close the game or for most of the end of the game until the very end when Rubio was put in to kind of for his defense. But but then Donovan played the two to finish the game. Right and and. What was interesting too is the Utah Jazz's offense almost looks better when they're running at wing heavy, which is interesting because they had, they had really designed uh, 
Quinn Snyder said they designed the offense around Dante Exum and Ricky Rubio. And if you think about Dante Exum, you're talking about a guy who really has that burst of speed. Ricky Rubio doesn't have the burst of speed that Dante Exum has. So if you're thinking about that, the person who would actually most closely represent Dante Exum coming off the bench and being able to fill that would be more Donovan Mitchell than Howell Neto or Joe Ingles or Rodney Hood. Because you're looking for someone who is going to slash into the defense and then kick it out and find the open man and really collapse that defense in. Because the way Quinn Snyder is probably looking at their offense is saying, well, people are already packing in the paint. Let's bring in the guys off the shooters and and get every last ounce of spacing that we can on that perimeter. And so... um. With that being said, uh, Donovan Mitchell, he's displayed some things on defense that are just spectacular. He's really great at denying the ball. He's really great at, at pick and roll defense, which those are pretty damn advanced <laughs> skills for, for a rookie, let alone mm-hmm. a point guard, let alone a shooting guard who is playing point guard out of position for the first time in his career at the NBA level. That's some next level stuff right there. And, and so Donovan Mitchell, let's not forget, like the Jazz needed that last night. Like they were looking for a spark. Rodney Hood couldn't provide it. Joe Ingles couldn't provide it. Joe Ingles was still, ah, it's still frustrating me how many open looks Joe Ingles is passing up. Rodney Hood was starting I, to do it again. And- I think, I think Joe Ingles was sick. I think that's a big part of why yeah. we lost against Phoenix. And I, I, he was I, looking. Like, he looked great against the Lakers, but but he still was passing up shots, and yeah. that and he's he's, take- and 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 that's a, and the hard thing with Joe Ingles is that's not a, a this year trend. This is an always year trend. He's he's always done this, and I think it's just not a, in his personality to be be like a go to scorer or or a scorer in general. And so I think that's a we'll we'll see him hopefully develop into a guy who's willing to take the shot. We don't, we don't necessarily, we need him to be a, you know, a sniper from, from, from long range. And you got to take the shot if that's the case. Well, he, he's our best offensive option. Honestly, when he, when he passes up an open three, that's him passing up our best shot. Mm-hmm. Cause when, when Joe Ingle takes Joe Ingles taking a three is our best is our most efficient shot. So every time he does it, it's, it hurts. Right. Make it or miss it. it. And we need it for the spacing. We need it for just the fact that it, he's a 50% three-point shooter right now. I mean, it's, you know, yeah, every time he passes it up, it it's not good. You know, this we is need one, him to shoot up. This is one of my favorite stats from the uh, the Laker game. Uh, for, uh, and we're going to talk about Donovan Mitchell because he is the bright spot up amongst this week. And I don't want to, like, I'm. we're going to get into some depressing stuff. Maybe it's not depressing, but it's just like we're going to find out how the Utah Jazz's sausage is made right this week. And uh, it just it's 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 not pretty. So um, I'm talking Upton Sinclair stuff. <laughs> well, we can make it a little low calorie with a few fixes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but like uh, shout out to my people who know what uh, when I'm referencing Upton Sinclair. Hashtag jungle. Hashtag. Yeah. No, sorry. Your I did. I just literally did not know what you meant or what that yeah. even is. Yeah, so. welcome, dude. Did you just skip your high school lit? Did you just like be like, peace? I'm out. I'm not. I'm not, I, not, uh, not I 
definitely Googled Les Mis wiki <laughs> when I. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Dude, you need you need to get up on that Ekbe's and uh, Epe's uh, book club. You so. know what? Les Mis interrupts things like Survivor and Big Brother for me, so it <laughs> makes it hard for me to. to so. Read. So here's so here's the uh so here's the amazing stat. Donovan Mitchell was the first Jazz rookie to score 22 points or more in one of his six, first six games since another Louisville great, Daryl Griffith, Doctor Duncanstein, in 1980. The Golden and Griff. The Golden Griff. Yeah. So here's here's the the crazy thing about that. So they're both from Louisville, but uh Griffith did it. In 1980, before the three-point line, and he did it twice, scoring 30 points in his other outing. Uh, Donovan Mitchell actually came close um, when he had that that uh, fourth quarter spurt um, in LA. And here's the crazy thing: so let's let's get into kind of our week two recap because in our week two recap, so we we had predicted last week that we thought the Jazz would go basically two and one this week you know there would be the loss at the clippers we kind of expected we didn't expect it to be as terrible as it was just completely overmatched and donovan mitchell actually masked how bad that loss was if you take out donovan mitchell's flash in the pan fourth quarter jazz are losing it was bad jazz are losing by 25 and then the jazz go on a back-to-back and not helping you have rodney hood who's hobbled and you have um and you have joe ingles who has gastric distress aka the los angeles flu and and he's he's not playing very well in phoenix and and ended up not playing that many minutes and and then you had ronnie hood who was coming off the injury who just uh, looked pretty bad and everybody had a bad game there was no spacing defense looked was 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 basically the defense looked like they a, a dam that w- had finally given up. It, it just like we can't hold hold this back any any longer, and it just gave out. And and here here's here's the issue at 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 the heart. So I wrote about this. If you if you want to, uh, every week I I write an article taking notes, which is basically a recap of the of the week, and we go through a few factors. Uh, I call them the I call it the triad because it's musically in, 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 um, inclined. And and that's what we got to do at our site. We got to make up catchphrases that are musical and jazzy. So so I, I I've nicknamed it the triad. So it's pace, offensive rating, defensive rating. And so last week when the Jazz were you know started out the season, they actually were um, they had an offensive rating of one hundred five point one. That was actually good for about fifteenth in the league. Then by week two, they had dropped an offensive rating by 99 to 99.8. That was, that's a six point drop. Then that that sounds not very good. No. And here's a crazy thing. Their defensive rating got better. Their defensive rating went from 99.5 to 99.1, but yet they got themselves blown out twice. So there, so that tells you, Hey, the defense is not really the problem. And, but, it, but on the outset, you're like, well, we're getting blown out. Our defense is a huge problem. Well, here's the issue. The Jazz right now are 
last in the league when it comes over to turnover percentage. They're actually last in turnovers and they play at the slowest pace. So that tells you if they actually played at the pace of everyone else, they'd be giving up even more turnovers a game. Even in their win against the Los Angeles Lakers, they coughed up the ball 21 times. Their Mm -hmm. turnover percentage meant that every fifth trip down the floor, they were giving it to a Laker. That's it, that, that that's uh, I I mean you take out Donovan's miracle second half which is great but man oh man you can't rely on your rookie to bail you out every every second half when you can't keep the when your veterans in Ricky Rubio, Rudy Gobert, Derek Favors, Joe Ingles, Rodney Hood, your vets can't hold on to the ball. And it makes you wonder uh what needs to change? Because I, I don't know if Ricky Rubio is going to be having these many turnovers like he's having right now because he has a lot. It makes you wonder if maybe something in the system needs to change a little bit because our defense is so incredibly good. But we're seeing our team just not be able to score. And on top of not being able to score, we're turning the ball over at an alarming rate. It makes you think, you know what, There maybe there needs to be some sort of simplification here. We, you know, and teams are doing a good job of keeping us from getting into transition a little bit at times, I think. Uh, but for whatever reason, <laughs> we're turning the ball over in a crazy rate and it's starting to become a trend and we've played six games now and it's not getting better. It's, no, it's, it's, it's it, getting worse. Yeah. The, like the turnover percentage. So before in their first week, that was kind of like the the uh the red flag so you you have a two in one week or you know against possible playoff teams and looking at denver denver's looking a little bit shaky minnesota's defense looks atrocious so it made our offense look a lot better but mm-hmm. then you're then you're looking at tur- the turnover percentage and you're like 28th well hey start at the beginning of the season we'll start to to you know get this fixed and then we dropped to 30th in, in the league. And so here's the crazy thing. So our, our offensive rating went dropped from 15th to 26th. And we talked about this at the beginning of the, we talked about this at the beginning of the season in preseason. I think even before the season, the Utah Jazz were going to have one of the best defenses in the league. And I, and I said in my Jazz preview for SB Nation, I said, the Utah Jazz will repeat, <laughs> repeat as the Charlotte Bobcats as having one of the best defenses in the league and one of the worst offenses in the league becoming the you know the NBA's version of the 2009-2010 Charlotte Bobcats who basically did the same thing. Well, we go down here and last week uh the Utah Jazz's um offensive rating was if you take out their their law uh, their win against LA they were averaging 86.5 points per 100 possessions. That was 10 points worse than the next closest team. And it even when you add in the LA game, for week two, they only mustered 91.6 points per possession. Still were still five points um, less than anybody, anybody else. So here's, here's what's, what and and this is what happens if you turn over the ball you can't good things can't happen and the other thing too is we have a we talked about it what's happening with Utah we have an issue with that starting lineup mm-hmm. this the starting lineup has not uh has not paid off paid dividends yet and it's not looking like it's 
going to pay off dividends. We're now six games into the season. We have people really, we have people not respecting Rubio, even though he's shooting 31% from three. When we're like, man, if he can just shoot 31% from three, that's going to make things happen. Well, it's not. People are still like, we don't care. We'll take a three from Rubio every third time. Then we will a, a, a basket from Rudy Gobert 100% of the time. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the problems we're having is Rudy Gobert. Everyone's kind of asking, well, what's up with Rudy Gobert? Why is he not looking quite the same? The fact of the matter is, is we kind of look, came into the season wondering if Rodney Hood was going to become the number one option. And he has a little bit. But it's very obvious that teams are looking at Rudy Gobert as our number one option. They've all right. wised up to the fact that he's our he's the best rolling big man in the NBA, and they're they're just taking him out of the game. If you act, if you watch our offensive plays, watch the uh, the weak side big man grab Rudy Gobert. It's every single play, and every single play they're taking away lobs, they're taking away just his ability to play pick and roll. And the thing that's making it even more difficult is that we have a a four a big man who can't shoot the three at the power forward position and that's tough that's really tough to expect rudy gobert to be able to work in space because of how big he is and it's tough to expect ricky rubio to make a good pass when you've got four big men right under the hoop that are trying to grab the ball it's you're kind of setting up a few players to fail one you're setting up ricky rubio to fail a little bit because the how i mean i don't I don't care if you're John Stockton. That's a tough pass to make when you have three, bi- four big men in the same spot trying to get the ball. And I love Favors, and he's actually looking a lot better this year. But the fit on offense, at least, is rough. On yeah. defense, it looks really good, and he's looked really good on defense. Yeah, the, but the, on offense, man, the the Gobert Favors pairing is is rough when there's when there's uh, basically two or less shooters on the floor and I'm talking um, and I include our starting lineup, basically. Our, our lineup. Yeah. Our starting lineup. Like, so our starting lineup, they they've now played 19 more minutes than the next closest lineup. So next closest lineup is Rubio, Mitchell, Ingles, Gobert favors and that. And so here's, here's, here's the thing. So that starting lineup of hood, Rubio, Ingles, Gobert favors. They have an offensive rating of 90. That's after we've now played 56 minutes. To, uh, 56 minutes. Um, we have a net rating of a, of negative 11.3. That's that's rough. And, and, and part and turnover percentage is bad. So you're looking at this, and you're looking at okay, we're you know they can't they they can't really score. Uh, they're, they're, uh, they can rebound the ball, but they're not, they're not able to really, uh, you know, stay out there. So, you know, what, what do you do at this point? Like, what do you, what do you do? So I, I, we saw it at the end and we saw it in the Lakers game and there's a little hope and it's that lineup of Mitchell, Mitchell hood Ingles. And I will say this. If you're if 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 your idea of saving your team is a three wing lineup, you're in trouble. Like this this brings me back to a couple years ago when um, Trey Burke wasn't really working out and when Dante Exum was hurt, and they were trying to play Trey Burke or Howell Neto, 
and uh, uh, who was the third third point guard on uh, in that skeleton crew? I can't. Is that Shelvin Mack or? Might have been. I don't know. Oh no, they brought in. Yeah, they brought in Shelvin Mack. Like Shelvin Mack looked like an all star after these guys. Yeah. So, so you're looking at these at your at this, and so Quinn Snyder's best option with those guys was we're not going to play them. We're going to play, you know, put out Alec Burks and uh, and and Rodney and and Hayward. And they were going that full wing lineup, or they, and that was Ingles' first year. So I think sometimes they'd roll Ingles out there too. And so that's 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 an issue. That's an issue right there. When when you're when a rookie, like, and and I fully believe Donovan Mitchell is a really is going to be a really good player, but he's also a rookie, so he's he's going to go through his peaks and valleys. When a rookie is better than um, your starting point guard as far as fit goes. I'm not saying that he's a te- necessarily a better player right now. I'm just talking fit um, to make things work, to make the pieces uh, flow together. That we got, we got some, we got some fit issues and that's kind of what we're looking at this Utah Jazz squad. And we talked about it. like, it was full defensive. We're going to go get all these defensive plus minus guys. And hopefully we can make, get things to turn enough on offense to, to pull together. And right now um, in week two, now this is just week two, we're talking six games. So it's, you know, small sample size theater, of course, sure. but in week two, we, we have we, the, the difference between a blowout in LA and losing a close one to LA at home is rookie Donovan Mitchell going, going off. Now, if if Rook, and the Jazz need it, like that's that's where we're at in the season. Oh, like desperately the Jazz need it. Desperately need another offensive threat other than Hood Ingles, and that's it. Like because because it, it and you mentioned it. Rudy Gobert is the main threat. On he's our he's our number one option if if this is a tank he's our cannon and then you've got your little machine guns on the side but they're just taking that out and there's nothing we can do i do want to give a little bit of silver lining because i think there is a little bit here that we can you know at least hope for a little bit better offensive rating and we did see it against uh in preseason a little bit although it is preseason the fact is that the jazz have played with uh Rodney Hood got an injury midway through the season, got hurt. He missed two games. Midway through the season, Joe Ingles got the flu, did not play one game, and then came back for two games and did not look like himself. Joe Johnson has not been able to hit a shot, it seems like, this entire season. Joe and we know that Joe Johnson jump shot has forsaken him. Hit has. And he had a pretty long slump last year, too. And I think Joe Johnson will get out of it. I, I don't <clears throat> think that Joe Johnson is going to all of a sudden not be able to do a pull-up three-point shot. That's something he's always going to get. It seems like he's getting that ball turn, turned over when he kind of does his back downs a little bit, and who knows if that gets better, but he can't hit a shot. That'll get better. Problem with that is Joe Johnson's off the bench, but we'll take offense where we can get it, and if we can finish games with Joe Johnson, you know that'll help. R- Donovan Mitchell, our favorite uh, rookie right now, could not have had a worse start to the season offensively before last night if you'd asked for it. He literally just – it was driving me crazy. Honestly, I was literally going crazy. It felt like there were like 
you know, positive, positive magnet, magnets, like one side the ball and one side in the rim, and it would look good, and then it'd bounce out. And it seemed like it did that like 30 times and might literally have done that. So let's say Donovan Mitchell starts hitting shots, he could, he's, which he's going to do. It looks like he's calmed down. I think the Laker game was a great game for him because even at the beginning of the game, he had that steal that he goes you know, to the basket, and he has, I think it was Rodney Hood trailing him, and instead of going to the hoop, and trying to put it down, he tried to pass the ball, and you could you could kind of just see him thinking, and it mm-hmm. went off the Laker player's foot, and then <clears throat> and whatever. But what I liked about that is he's thinking; he's not going a million miles an hour. He's actually processing things on a fast break, whereas three games ago he'd have gone and and you know maybe he makes it. But uh, one other thing: can Donovan Mitchell dunk the ball a little bit more? He had his dunk last night, but he had two dunks last night. He had two dunks last night, but on those fast breaks, dunk the ball, man. Go for it. You, he has the ability to pack it on people, and I want to see him. I want to see him posterize some people because he, he can, and so maybe that's another step he can take in his development. But, but anyways, I like the fact that Donovan Mitchell. You can just, and that's going to be a fun thing this year because honestly, guys, there are going to be some times where it's going to get a little dark. <laughs> it's going to, we're going to be in dark places at times. But what is going to be fun about this year is going to be watching Donovan Mitchell's development because you, he's. He is a smart guy, and he's already adjusting to the league. And we're six games in, and we saw him adjust. It's going to be fun. He's going to be really, really good. And his defense has been fantastic. He's averaging like two to three steals a game as a rookie. Uh, You mentioned earlier his ability to guard the pick and roll. There was a play against the Lakers where he went around a pick, and he was determined Lonzo Ball is not getting this ball. And he didn't, and the Lakers couldn't score on that possession. His, His athleticism is is phenomenal on the defensive end. His ability to work his way around picks, his length, his ability to steal the ball, jump passing lanes. I mean, he's that's why he has a positive plus minus already with a, a honestly horrific offensive start. So he, he feels smart. He feels it, 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 it he's a smart player. He's a very cerebral player. He has the athleticism, he has the tools. But it feels like he's a cerebral player and a, a student of the game because he learns really quickly what people's tendencies are. And so he doesn't make the same mistake twice on defense. So he he sees, okay, well, you know, so-and-so did this. Okay, well, let's think about this next time. And so, you know, at the beginning of the game, it felt like uh, the, you know, it felt like Caldwell Pope and, and Lonzo Ball were taking advantage of him. And by the end of the game, he's just like, no, it's, uh, you know, fool me once. And... It, and here's some other things that I, some trends that I just don't think will continue. A, one of the things that has really bothered me, and I'm sure Dennis Lindsay still has like a tape of last year that he's ready to send in. Rudy Gobert is only averaging 2.8 free throw attempts per game. It's ridiculous. That is, it's that maddening. Is, that is, that is just insane. Like, and they took four free throws from him against the Lakers. He had two where he was about to go up for the shot. They don't give him the free throws. I swear that's where Quinn Snyder started contemplating not just murder, but what type of murder he would commit against these yeah. Kane Fitzgerald. Like, yeah. are you going to go in the river? Is this poison or is this just uh, is this a back city stabbing? Because that's what it was like. <laughs> come on, man. Yeah, because here's here's some of the crazy things. When So when you're looking at free throw attempts per game, the Utah Jazz are dead last. Dead. 15.8 free throw attempts per game. Here are the teams that are, have more free throw attempts per game than the Utah Jazz. The Miami Heat, 
the Detroit Pistons, the Sacramento Kings, the Chicago Bulls, the Atlanta Hawks, the Denver Nuggets, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, all these teams have way more free throw attempts per game than the Utah Jazz. And so, when you look at that, like, A, I don't think the Utah Jazz are attacking the rim from the perimeter as much as they need to. That much is obvious, and that's where they're really missing Dante Exum. For all the people who are like, well, you know, Dante Exum wasn't a big loss. It was a huge loss because he was getting to the line. And he was hit. Oh, it's it's hurting. I'm I'm hurting, Milo. (laughs) Like, the fact that Dante can't play means that we can't see if he could have a chance to really start with the starters and... And and you're right. I, a lot of where your free throws come is coming from your wing players that drive to the rim. But who are our wing players? We've got Joe Ingles, who is a spot up three point shooter, does not go to just beat people all the time. And he, he doesn't he, goes, he doesn't go to create contact either. He's exactly he's like a crafty driver of the lane that you know knows how to use his size to give himself an open layup. And then you've got Rodney Hood, who more often than not takes that little mid range pull up. He doesn't exactly drive to the rim so he's not going to be getting many free throws and then ricky rubio who all who's not a very good finisher and at, at the same time is not blowing by people to get to the rim i don't know how many free throws we're really we really can be expecting we can get our bigs some free throws yeah if the refs will call it like the but, biggest thing is so rubio's averaging 4.3 free throws a, a game and and i think like pretty good i think that how many average, of those are technicals I well I, I, yeah how many of those were technicals from the minnesota game i don't know but so you look at that, and then you look at so Gobert is next with two point eight free throw attempts per game. That's, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Uh, Rodney Hood is two point three. At um, and then you go Derek Favors one point eight, Donovan Mitchell one point three, Joe Johnson one point two, Epe Udo uh, one point two, Tabo point eight, Alec Burks point eight, and Joe Ingles. Point two. So, who's going to create contact? One of the biggest things that we that a lot of people forget about Gordon Hayward's development into the oh my god he's so good player was the free throw attempts. He got to the line like that big jump Gordon Hayward took was when he got to the line. And so now without without a player that's getting and George Hill got to the line a lot last year too. He was. And so take that away and you're not getting those easy buckets. You're not putting the other team into foul trouble, which allows them to defend you closely. Like, like if you look at that in the free throw attempts, guys are still able, that's not a lot of fouls that are being created from the other team. So they can just, they can play you straight up. They, they, they can, they don't have to take their foot off the gas at all when they're defending you. That's not going to help your offense at all. So there's a lot of, and I talked about this, like, you know, we're, we were going to get into, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about how this, you know, Utah Jazz, Utah Jazz offense is being made. And it's really, really, it it's rough. And we talked about at the beginning of the season, if this team is in the 20s when it comes to offense, and it's one of the best defenses in the league, unlike the 2009-2010 Charlotte Bobcats, the Utah Jazz aren't going to get into the playoffs just because of the nature of the of the, of the Western Conference. It's just too too stacked. 
And so for the Utah Jazz to make it into the playoffs, they have to be where they were last week at a 15th and 15th in, in offensive rating. They got to improve that. And the only way they improve that is if they start getting to the line more, they cut down on their turnovers and stop those stupid. And, and a lot of those turnovers are on force. Those were not even yeah. created by, by players. That's from Ricky throwing it out of the, you know, throwing it away. Like I can understand Donovan Mitchell's turnovers because he's a rookie. Like I can completely understand that. And a lot of the times too, uh, it's talked about you want your rookies having those, those turnovers because it means they're, they're pushing themselves and pushing their limits. Ricky already knows his limits. Ricky knows, uh, Ricky should be a better player, is, is a better player than these turnovers. He's averaging, uh, a career high when it comes to turnovers per game. And so, so much so that, that, that Quinn isn't playing him in, 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 in didn't play him in winning time in the fourth quarter. And that's, and that might be, yeah. And really that's because Donovan's showing himself to be just as good defensively, if not better. And his offense, he's a threat and people were, mm-hmm. I mean, there are some people that I've heard in the area that were saying things like, Oh, Donovan Mitchell's useful use, usage rate is way too high. He shouldn't be taking so many shots. Well, who else is going to take him? Do you want Ricky Rubio taking a spot up three or Rudy Gobert who's getting – I mean, I don't know who else is going to take them. And for some of these games, we've right. had Joe Ingles sick and Rodney Hood not playing. I don't know who's taking the shot. You know, And the fact is, is that Donovan Mitchell can hit those threes and he can drive. But yeah, we don't have a player, honestly, in our starting lineup that is going to get a lot of free throws. Uh, other than can Donovan, go the rim and, Ricky, and, and other than those two. Let alone manufacture free throws. I mean, that was what helped Gordon Hayward become so good. He manufactured those free throws. They, he they, got to the line. They really need – A, I, I think there's a lot of free throws that Rudy Gobert is just not getting because the referees are turning the other way. It, it's it's you, getting weird. You're not seven foot two, and and like, and this was a thing when Dwight Howard was was younger and kind of the beast of himself, where the, constantly it felt like Stan Van Gundy had to get on the podium every couple of weeks and be like, "My guy's getting killed out there," type of type of thing to make to remind officials that you know he's getting hit, and and just because. The mountain of a man, Rudy Gobert, doesn't move when he gets gets hacked. Doesn't mean he's not getting thrashed down there. Um, there was a point where Rodney Hood got got uh, there was and they a don't foul call and it. he flipped out. Like that was the most emotion I saw from from Rodney Hood, other than like running off the court, like when he had gastric distress, like half like thirty seconds before the game started. That was the most emotion I've seen from from Rodney in a while. Oh, I want our deep, our offense is so bad right now. I want to see them getting texts at this point. You, they need to embarrass these referees because they're embarrassing themselves by not calling it. And if they're not going to call it, our defense is so good we can afford a couple points a game with technicals. Yeah, and we, so get it, embarrass them. We should make not them ha- look bad. Like right now, the Utah Jazz are like to get free throws. You're having Ricky flop. Which, by the way, I don't want to be that team. I don't think anybody wants to be that team. And, but and, they, and Ricky's done it now, like in two straight games where he's kind of like had to sell something. And I'm like, oh, I, I feel dirty with this. Why can't why, let's do it the right way? So I, I that's that's an issue. I think um, an, another big thing that we're, I were talking about is the defense still looks good. Ru- Rudy Gobert this last week, 
um, and especially um, in the LA game, and I would say the Phoenix game too. It's it looks like he was roaming the paint like he normally does. And he I'm was not contesting sh- quicker. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's just a little quicker. He looks like he's a little quicker. I think it also helps that you're not play- playing as much of a stretch center. Like Brooke Lopez, yeah. Lopez can hit the hit the th- three, but not like a Carl Anthony Towns. But so so that's that helps. That helps a lot. Um, he's looking better. Jerry Favors has actually played good this this year. He looks healthy, but we're starting to get to a point where you're looking at this team and saying, "Man, the pieces might not fit together. What do we need to do to make sure this all works?" What do we need to do to make sure these pieces uh, go together? And, you know, we have a possible trade out there of Eric Bledsoe. I'm not sure if that's the deal that Utah needs to make. But every single time one of these players becomes available, Utah is going to have to sit out there and be like, hmm, is this well, is I think this what we want? Is this is this maybe the, the option that we want? Is this is this a, a, an available piece that can help us improve our offense? I think I think what we've seen this year is that we really do have a possible well not possible he's going to be a star I don't know how much of a star Donovan Mitchell is but he's going to be the star of this team and I think we've really noticed that how important it was to have Dante Exum on this team his ability to score was really shining in preseason his ability to get to the free throw line he was going to become an offensive threat for us and I think he really it's just a shame he was going to be this was going to be his chance to really show up and and we aren't going to see that. And I think going forward with moves, I think the Bledsoe thing would have been a good idea. And who knows? Maybe they will. Maybe they say, hey, let's let's figure out a way to get favors and and maybe a Rodney Hood or something like that to try something different with Bledsoe, who is someone who can get you 20 points a game, can get to the free throw line, is a, is a good passer that could play really well off of, of Donovan Mitchell. You know, and it might be something that you can either trade Eric Bledsoe when Dante comes back, or but you've got to think in terms. I really, and maybe it's just because I'm a Dante stand, but I think the Jazz are going to come here in a certain point this season in the next 15 or so games, where they really do need to take a hard look at who they are. How good is Ricky Rubio? Is it worth it to go this entire season playing with a non-shooting point guard and a non-stretch power forward? And is that really good for the development of Donovan Mitchell? And, you know, it's rough because we needed these minutes for Dante Exum this year to to allow him to develop even more and know how much. But I don't know. If in 20 games we're still this last this last offense in the league with leading the leading turnovers, I, you know, I don't well, know. What, here's, here's, don't and, know and this do. is where you start to get into are we – did did we fall for some like good jazz marketing where you're like, is this not really a playoff team? Did we just get you know kind of sold on this idea that hey, you know we're really gonna go defense, you know defense, we're really go you know kind of think about the Ty Corbin years where you're like, no, you know this is this is our team, Josh Howard, we're gonna turn him into something great, um, you know, uh, we're gonna make all these players like, yeah, yeah, we want, we want Paul Millsap and Big Al. Like, this is our future. This is our team. This is, of course, we want our guy, our, our rookies to sit, sit the bench where you kind of have this stealth tank. And, and, and looking at this team, if, if the Utah Jazz continue to play, say, Ricky Rubio, Derek Favors, you know, Rudy Gobert, and, you know, together, 
you have a, and it doesn't matter what shooters you have out there. I don't care if you have like Cal Corver as prime, it's not going to give you enough spacing to allow to operate you know, inside. To, to, to operate inside. You, you just can't get to the rim. You, you just can't. You can't do it with three non-shooters. That's the problem. You three non-shooters in today's NBA just does not work anymore. It just yeah, doesn't. Yeah, it's it's not 1988 where you have two big men that do little turnaround hook shots. Like it's just not the NBA anymore. And right. It, it, it's it's not. And teams are smart enough now. Teams teams aren't aren't going to, you know, will completely abandon somebody at the three-point line. So um so with with that being said, if the Jazz continue to go with that, is that like a tip of the cap? Is that like kind of the tip of the cap where it's just like we're 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 kind of doing this for a reason? Uh, and and, and, and is is that the, is that the tank reason? And I don't want to bring up tanking six games into the season, but at the same time, when you're looking at well, like, and I know a lot of fans out there are like, well, you know, the Jazz are three and three. Well, there's there's some really not good teams out there that are three and three as well. Does that mean they're you know not, what? Like, like let's, let's. I was gonna say one thing, and this is one thing Jazz fans, Jazz fans should be a little excited about. There's another team out there that's three and three, that's almost like the polar opposite of what the Utah Jazz are, and it's the Minnesota Timberwolves who have like one of the top offenses in the league, but one of the worst defenses, and they're tied with the Utah Jazz. If I'm a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, I might be freaking out here a little bit. And right. so I that's one that's one reason I would be a little bit excited for the Jazz because one, one know who's also three and three. Here are all the teams that are three and three, everybody. The Indiana Pacers. <laughs> yeah, that, I Does, mean, that doesn't doesn't that soothe Miles your soul? Turner's been pretty good this year. Yes. he's been playing pretty decent. OKC is but, three and three. Minnesota, New Orleans Pelicans, Utah. So there are four teams right now tied for seventh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's before you get to Denver, Denver, and and so well actually let's look at the update. I'm looking at yesterday, so let's 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 go to this. So looking at at the updated. Uh, outlook of the western conference and make you die inside so utah is hanging on to the eighth spot and there's one two three four five teams tied for seventh so yeah it's rough and so this is the thing that i'm like man maybe we're a lot closer to tanking than we all want to believe because los angeles lakers if they beat the utah jazz they're three and three jazz are two and four and we're looking we're looking at we're in 12th in the Western Conference. Well, and in, in 15 or 20 games, if that's where we are, that's probably where we need to go. And, uh, but and, this, that's, and that's here's this home, this home stretch. So let's talk about – yeah, that's a good point. Let's bring up the home stretch. So the next the next like nine games that Utah has are basically all but one are at home, right? Mm-hmm. If, we're, if we're really going to get – Get down to the nitty gritty. So, so let's 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 talk about these games here. Let's let's bring out. I'm hold up. I'm I'm getting you Jazz's schedule here, and this is. Uh, we got so, Mavericks tomorrow. Mavericks tomorrow. Then then the Trailblazers at home, the Raptors at home. Then we go on the road for one game against the Houston Rockets. We don't. We, and this whole stretch, we only play like. One back to back, and it's a home back to back. So, eh, that helps. Yeah. So, and then we play the Sixers, Heat, Nets, and then we play the Minnesota Timberwolves, and then we go on 
the, the road to play the Knicks. The first who just beat the Cavaliers, by the way. So maybe the Knicks have figured it all. Break out. up the Knicks. If so, you're a Cavs, all right, guys. I will say this too. Let's just say the Cavs just have a terrible year. LeBron goes to L.A. There's a chance there might be a fire sale in Cleveland, and you can pick something up. Time and to maybe J.R. Smith. <laughs> well, I have just a dream of getting Kevin Love, and I don't know if he's ever going to be available, but you never know. Ema maybe our first round pick. But the, we, it could be worse, guys. You could have LeBron James and just went on a four-game losing streak too. Yeah. So there's, they, I they just, look, I think there's, a, there's a chance we win a lot of games these next few, this next next ten games. Yeah. So this this is this is the big key. So we will know a lot about the Jazz and who they are in this home stretch. And what I mean by that is the the is this a team? Is it are we a good home team and just suck on the road team? And we've had that. We've had that many times with Utah. Or if if the Jazz like so if the Jazz play so they're playing. If you look at this home stretch, it's like the Blazers, Raptors. Okay, and and then oh, so we got Mavericks, Blazers, Raptors, Rockets, and Sixers. So you know you have like one, two, three, four, four possible playoff teams. If you're including the Sixers, how high you are on the Kool Aid there. Mm-hmm. Then you got. Heat, so bottom feeder. Brooklyn Nets, they're competitive. Timber and 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 Timberwolves. So you got, you know, you got playoff teams, but at the same time, you're at home. They're they're kind of questionable playoff teams, all but the Raptors and the Rockets. And the Rockets are away, so that could be a, a shellacking. And I believe the Ra- the Raptors have been pretty good this year. Yeah, actually. the Raptors. So so out of those games, you're playing the teams. If if you're if you think that hey the Jazz are a playoff team but they're a bottom feeder playoff team they're a seventh or an eight seed so they got a, the Blazers is going to be competitive so you would say okay even if we lose we lose by only a couple points to the Blazers if we lose to the if we lose to the the Raptors it's going to be a close one if we lose to the six we got to beat the Sixers we got to beat the Heat we got to beat the Nets we got to beat the Timberwolves we. And we gotta definitely beat the Mavericks. If you don't, then you're looking at this and being like, "What? What? What is wrong with this team?" We're 16 mm-hmm. games into the season, and we're like, "If you're 16 games in the season, played already the a good what 13 games of 13 home games already, and you are have a losing record, it's gonna get a lot worse before it's gonna get a lot better." And that's going to be kind of the well, we know, you know, we we are who we thought we were type of thing, versus the okay, we got we we got something here, we got something. So, yeah, and this is a perfect chance for the Jazz to figure it out. Turnovers are something you can fix, you can get better at that. That's not something where it's, you know, we can't really fix the fact that we have three non-shooters, but we can at least turn the ball over less, and we can keep up the defense we're playing, and you know. There are some signs that it could there's a ceiling to this team though. That's just a fact. I we're not going to be anything higher than a seventh seed in the playoffs. It'd be fun to be a seventh seed in the playoffs. Uh but and and we did look really good offensively for little stretches. And you know, who knows? Maybe Tavo Cephalosha can hit a shot too this year. That would be nice from three point line. Joe Johnson, please hit a shot from the three point line. 
Um, and who knows? Maybe Donovan becomes electric. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point Quinn starts messing with the lineups a little bit. What if, what if Donovan comes out and just starts hitting everything he takes? Maybe he, at some point this season, halfway through, we start Donovan Mitchell. Who knows? I don't know. It might be worth thinking about it. We've some already point. said that Donovan Mitchell would earn his. We said he would be in the starting lineup by what December? December. Yeah, and we we said that. He, so, and we we said he would earn it, not because some you know like Rodney Hood has gastric distress and or a calf injury. We're saying like dude goes in there and earns it. Oh yeah, and we saw that against the like you said against the Suns in the fourth quarter. He buried three shots in a row. In uh, the Lakers, Clippers, he was Clippers. Clippers. Suns, or, was it the yeah. Clippers? Yeah. Cl- was it Clippers? Sun, yeah. Suns. But he did had not that look good. He had. That's right. He had that fourth quarter where he hit three in a row. It looked like he kind of started. At least he broke out that game. Mm-hmm. Then against last night against the Lakers, he looked like the best player on the floor. At least our best offensive player. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a point, and honestly, his defense has been fantastic. And so I don't know. There's going to be some interesting decisions for this team. I don't think they need to really do any changes right now. But these next 10 games are going to be a big kind of bellwether for this team. How good are we? Can we beat the bad teams? Because yeah. I, I think December gets pretty rough. And we're playing a lot of good, good teams. And yeah. One of, this upcoming week, so if you were going to put a prediction on it, if you were going to put like, hey, the Jazz are going to do X. So the Jazz play for week three. So week three of the NBA season. They play the Mavericks, Blazers, Raptors, then Rockets ending ending the week on Sunday. What do you Let's, put the what what do you think the Jazz finish at? Blazers, Raptors, Rockets, Mavericks. Blazers, Raptors, Rockets. <laughs> is this is such like, Blazers, like you look at it, you're like they're all at home. home. But well that's it, what I wanted to say is the, the Jazz aren't good enough to have gimmies. So these are going to be tough. I could see us being two and two. I could you see know? us being one and three. That's the that's the right I, thing. That's You're the like, thing. like I'm kind of like, well, you know, it's more likely we're one and three than three and one. That's for dang sure. And so I think, but I think that you know what, if Joe Ingles keeps hitting shots and Rodney can, Rodney can, because Rodney, here's another thing. Rodney Hood this season, he's shooting forty one percent from three. That's a really nice sign. Mm-hmm. And I want Rodney Hood to be a spot-up shooter. And when he's been a spot-up shooter, I don't want to toot my horn, but he's been really freaking good. And that's what I want Rodney Hood to be. I, Not a lot of great things happen when Rodney Hood drives to the rim. I think and it's so, a telling thing that when when it's like, we need bucket and we need ISO, they're like, give it to Mitchell. Like, exactly. As that's a why rookie, he might close games, at least for us. Yeah, that's for sure. so it's not like, hey, give Rodney Hood the ball and see what happens. They're like, Rodney Hood, you stay on the three. You, you shoot the ball. He's, and, and, <laughs> and then they go, Donovan Mitchell, you go in, you get to the paint. Well, that's and, what's and exciting that's, about that's Donovan is he can go to the rim and he's shown his ability to pass it out. Like that Laker play, you remember he drove to the rim and then he th- shoots it out to three and Ricky Rubio buried the three. Mm-hmm. That's a real, that's a big time, big time weapon for us. And that's why Donovan Mitchell, I don't know if he'll end up starting for this team at point guard, but he has a real legit chance to be our our closing point guard. Well, and and it kind of wonders it, it, like you look at Donovan Mitchell and you're you're, you're thinking okay well is could he be because we talked about before the season we're like what if he's a point guard because he has kind of that Russell Westbrook build and Russell West, Westbrook went through that transition from it's kind of crazy if you would have told if you would have told somebody about Russell Westbrook coming out of college and been like this dude is going to average a triple double. And you'd be like, 
bro, the shooting guard, like Russell Westbrook, shooting guard. Who's getting drafted for defense? Nah, nah, he's not. And, and if you're like, he's going to be a scorer, you'd be like, okay, maybe I could see that. And then you're like, he's going to average more than 10 assists a game. And you'd be like, bruh, nah. And so looking at that with Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, to his credit, is a very intelligent player. And so, and he's a student of the game. So you might look at him and be like, we want you to be this. And you can still have Donovan, Donovan Mitchell, the point guard, and still have Dante Exum, the point guard, because th- well, those two are really interchangeable because of their size. You just call them two combo guards, and they both can both shoot and dribble, and maybe they're not like the John Stockton, you know, prototypical point guard that a lot of Jazz fans are kind of hoping for. In all honesty, guys, that might not be a thing that even exists anymore. You need to have shooting from your three perimeter players you need shooting and, and you need playmaking from all of them. Like the, yeah. what kind of hurts Utah and, and we've seen it in, in these games is that everybody knows the offense is emanating from Ricky Rubio. Like that's the origin point. And when, when it was last year, it was a lot more dynamic. It was like, it could start with Rodney hood. It could start with Ingles. It could start with Hayward. It could start with Hill. It could start with Joe Johnson. It could start with Boris Diaw. Like you had, you had multiple points of origination when it came to the Utah Jazz's offense. And this year, where it's just like, who, where's you know, well, how's the play going to start? Well, I know wh- who's going to have the ball. It's going to be Ricky Rubio. And so, and we've seen a lot of times where you've seen Ricky Rubio kind of, you know, stuck with his, you know, his, you know, hands on the ball. With no one to go to because they're like, hey, every single play starts with him. So here's what we got to do. Like, so we're losing the elements of surprise right from the get-go when it comes to that. And so I, I think that's why the Donovan Mitchell, Rodney Hood, Joe Ingles um, look basically started and was really good. Like, if you look at, like, the they they were averaging 110 points per 100 possessions uh, mm-hmm. that that lineup now it only played 6 minutes and all 6 minutes were uh last night but they were able to to take the lakers off guard because it was like uh we haven't seen this look once and uh it's nowhere on tape it literally isn't and and it threw them for a loop because it was like well who's 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 starting to play Who's who's the one? Who's the two? Who's the three? Where where are people going? And all of a sudden, they had the elements of confusion, and they were able to get the matchups they wanted. They were able to find people where they needed to, and and that helped. And so, um, and and that's kind of what happens when you take Ricky Rubio out of the game, and you have Ingles, Hood, and Mitchell really really playing all together. Well- I there's one play that Mitchell's been doing that makes me think he really can be a point guard and it's kind of a play in this NBA that you have to be able to make and it's being able to find that weak side corner three point shooter and make the pass and he's done it a, multiple times this season. So you have Donovan Mitchell coming up the right side of the court and on the far left corner you have Joe Ingles ready for a corner three 
And Donovan Mitchell has been making that pass. And that's a pass that people have wondered if even Kyrie Irving can make. And Donovan Mitchell is doing it. We saw Ricky Rubio make that pass because Ricky Rubio is an elite passer, and he did it. And Ingles made that, buried that three. Go watch the Laker game again. You'll see it. Rubio comes up the right side. But Donovan Mitchell is doing it as well. And that is, guys, that is freaking exciting. That is exciting stuff because that means he's understanding the game already. And he can not only understand the play, but he's executing it. So I, I, I think there's going to come a point where the Jazz might be like, who boy, this guy might deserve 32 minutes and we legit actually might win more games just starting this guy. I don't know if it's soon, but halfway through the season, don't be surprised. Yeah. So, so if, to go back to what we, you know, we started this with, how are the Jazz going to do this weekend? I, I think. The Utah Jazz. Oh gosh, I, I'm gonna I, say two and two. Two and two. I I I say two and two. It just wouldn't surprise me if it's one and three, because I and and I wrote this. Go to go to taking notes. The last the last article, and I I go into depth with the turnover percentage, and that just to me looks like such a red flag to this Utah Jazz season. It was like when when the Utah Jazz started that season without Darren Williams, and you're like, we can do it without a point guard. We don't need wings. We have Millsap <laughs> and Big Al, and we're Millsap could just be our point guard, and 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 we're gonna get things going. Like Devin Harris, we're gonna do this, and. And and I I look at this and I look at the turnover percentage and I do think that's going to drop. But I also uh, like I don't I'm not sure by how much because you're playing a rookie big minutes and he's going to turn the ball over a lot. I'm not worried about that. But what's worrying me is that you're seeing a lot of turnovers from Rudy, mm-hmm. seeing a lot of turnovers from Ricky, and that's emanating from that pick and roll play that they because there's no spacing. They're they're trying to play that in a, in a, in a crowded room. And so I think I I, I oh gosh I I'm going just I'm, go ahead one I'm going three. one three well I'm going one and three one I'm and going, three I'm going and then one let's three just, reverse change let's just tank let's just tank this no just kidding don't tank this jazz please don't I don't know if I can handle don't, it don't do this I don't I'm not I don't want to write I'm not dra- writing draft articles in in, in November <laughs> don't do this to me I'm not ready to watch college ball of, we just got out of that dark place like here's okay. Complete side note. I know no one feels pity for for any of us who cover Utah, but there's nothing more painful than being like, I have to watch a terrible lottery team for 82 games of the season, and I have to watch terrible college basketball. Yeah, come at me. It's terrible. I, I don't need to watch like the same college player like, yeah, they're really running their offense. Yeah, they're really passing the ball 80 times around the perimeter, really trying to find that good look. Can't wait for that. <laughs> Like it's kind of like what we're watching right now with the Jazz on offense. Not gonna lie, it's yeah, a little. Uh, yeah, it's, just, it's just like when people are like, "Well, they really have a great offense over there in Kentucky." Yeah, like that's like saying like a thirteen-year-old has great moves on the dance floor. It's like, did you see him step out there and then go back to the wall? Man, that was textbook. That was great. <laughs> like that's I, will... I mean that's that's like a college offense. They like pass the ball like once inside, and they're like, "Oh, that was scary." Pass it back out. Let's pass it eighty times around the three-point line again, and then take a. A, a really long two, and then rinse, wash, repeat, and then hopefully we turn it over and get a quick score. Like that's I college say, ball. Sorry, hate me, hate me if you want to. That's college <laughs> basketball. 
I will say the one positive thing that could happen this year. I am all here for the Donovan Mitchell Rookie of the Year campaign. And if that happens, that's pretty fun. I think he's going to, like, looking at it, I think he's going to come in, like, second or third. And that's only because the Ben Simmons show is nuts. It's really good. He's very, very good. It is, like, the Ben Simmons show is kind of what I wanted Dante Exum to be. And it's kind of sad. I'm like, we got the wrong Aussie. Well, we were just Dante, we were just a couple don't years. Don't give up early. on Dante I, yet. I, no, I, I think he's going to be great, but man, we were just a couple years early on the Aussie. Uh, I know. It, it, it's kind of like we, we were the Russians and shot Sputnik off, and we're like, we are we are number one. We we will be <laughs> number one in space, and then <sighs> we didn't get to the moon. So like, we we were just like we were just uh uh Ben Simmons is just so much fun. He's very good. Markinen is surprisingly good. I put him in my awards watch. Was fun. He's, he's, he's really fifteen fun. and ten, and he shoots forty percent from three. And his shot is pure. It is unbelievable. Him in Eurobasket, like watching Eurobasket for Ricky Rubio, he was really fun. I'm just so on. Uh, I, okay, here's here's my one. Like, if we tanked, yes, the season would be so terrible, and yes, I would hate writing draft articles from November to next. What, well, I, June. I'll write all the draft articles. But Luca, I'll embed all the draft. I will Express watch videos. so many. Like I will watch games of Luca. I Donkic. Oh my goodness! Or we could get yes. Bagley next to Gobert. Oh my goodness, uh, Luca! Give me the Luca. Put it in my veins. I Luca like. <laughs> I would love that so much. It. I would so. I love like Luca just like. Just with the green light from outside and Donovan Mitchell's swag, and then you have Dante Exum who can get to any play. Oh my gosh, so much fun, so much fun. That's that's a team that would be an absolute blast with Rudy Gobert. Like that's that's the team that Rudy Gobert deserves. But want to know what's gonna happen? We're not gonna we're we're not gonna tank right. We're gonna end the season number thirteen in the lottery, draft number thirteen. We might like flip it for a vet, and. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we can I'm get jaded. Kevin Love when uh, when Cleveland burns and ashes. We get Kevin Love, get Dante back, and we'll be good. But I think that's all we got to cover tonight. I don't have anything else. No, I, that's, unless you do. That's that's it. Like, so follow us on on Twitter. We are at SLC Dunk. Uh, follow me. I'm Milo M Y underscore L O Milo, and then we got Hanson James over here at exactly Hanson James. That's that's it. Simple as that. No underscores, no nothing. Follow us on Facebook. Just search us, SLC Dunk. Follow us on Instagram. We got amazing graphics. We got the Griff doing great things. Um, and then hit us up at slcdunk.com. slcdunk.com, part of SB Nation. Great site. Great, a lot of really great writers. We were putting out some really good stuff this year. Also want to um, shout out to everyone from the Diet Bet. Um, please check your emails. I I sent out like the congratulations a few days ago, and I've only heard back from like two people. So so check your emails if you're a part of our diet bet challenge. Check your emails. We we sent out we sent out the congratulations. You know, get your stuff, man. You so, so you guys got jerseys and and one of you like uh, our our grand winner um uh is uh gonna be in in an eight bit. It's fantastic stuff. That's right. I got to get that started. But I need to know who it is. Well, yeah, we'll, uh, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. Okay. And so, okay. um, so we got, you know, so please check that. And then also subscribe to our podcast, man. Go to iTunes, subscribe, hit that. We're also on SoundCloud for as ever, uh, however long it's it's solvent. And 
And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next week after the Jazz go one and three. <laughs> happy, happy Jazz Day. Happy Jazz Day. <laughs> Talk to you later. Bye.